from the hard-sliding Univest Studios at Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA, it's time for another long, loud out of chemical-free horticultural hijinks, you bet your garden. Did you ever realize how baseball and gardening follow the same timeline? With similar results often at the end of the season. I'm Mike McGrath, and on today's You Bet Your Garden, we'll discuss why they are essentially the same summertime diversion. And of course, we're going to pretend to take lots of your fabulous phone call questions, comments, tips, tricks, suggestions, and curiously callous conformations. So keep your eyes and your ears right here, cats and kittens, because it's all coming up faster than the ump of destiny yelling, plant your peas, right after this. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at ESPOMA.com. Welcome to a highly unusual edition of You Bet Your Garden, broadcasting from the Univest Public Media Center in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath. And later on in the show, we are going to indulge my love of baseball and gardening and reveal why they are exactly the same thing. Walt Whitman said so. Well, not really. In the meantime, we will take some of your fabulous phone calls at 888-492-9444. Marge, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi, Mike. It's nice to be on You Bet Your Garden. It is wonderful to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm just ducky. Although ducky would prefer that the ice be water uh, outside, but that's... Ah, I'm getting too old for this. How come I can't Ducky afford- just has to be a little patient. Ah, It'll happen. Ducky? I don't care about Ducky. I'm tired of slip-sliding away. Um, I do care about you, Ducky. I didn't mean it to be that cruel. Uh, where are you? I am in Union Pier, Michigan. Okay, Michigan. Bringing up the map. It would be that this is this yeah this is the southwest corner. So we're snuggled along the very edge of Lake Michigan, which actually puts us into Zone Six, where surrounding areas would be more like Zone Five. Yes, exactly. Because that's that's a huge Mm -hmm. body of water. It is. And do you? uh, I don't want to keep changing the topic. Uh, Do you use the lake? I enjoy the lake. Um, it's beautiful, it's peaceful, it's serene. It certainly is a big magnet for people to be, uh, you know, putting their toes in the water. But I'm more into my garden than I am into the beach, Ah, personally. A segue. I know what that means. All right, what can we do for you? Well, I've been listening to your guidelines about watering and particularly raised beds because I have been enjoying my raised beds the last several years and I have a rain gauge and I check it routinely and I put together one of those little drip watering systems, you know, tinker toy things that you can put together. Saves a lot of time. Mm -hmm. The raised beds drain really well because I followed your formula and included one third vermiculite in my uh, mix. So they drain well, 
But when I'm outside and I want to start some things in the ground outside, like my lettuces, which I don't necessarily need to do inside because I do successive planting, how in the world am I going to keep those babies comfortably, evenly moist when I'm only watering maybe once a week or so, depending maybe twice a week to get that one inch? Okay, couple things. What do you do? Um, I, I work in public media. I have a TV show and a radio <laughs> show, collect pinball machines. Um, so uh, there is no connection whatsoever between seed starting and gardening. Um, the skill of one is not transferable to the other. So, um, you're starting seeds indoors, or you're starting lettuce outdoors? Well, I do successive plantings of my mescaline, my cut and come again. I'm sorry, we can't mention drugs my in raised the air. Bed. <laughs> well, typically... So, there's, there's things that I just, I will routinely plant over and over again, you know, the rapinis and the radishes and uh-huh. things that just, it's much easier just to direct sow. Okay. I start... All my lettuces indoors in huge containers and move them out into the garden, you know, before um, all chance of frost is gone. Because, you know, they're very, they're very cold hardy. Um, when it comes time for the direct seed uh, later runs, I... <laughs> As I announced on the show, I'm 70 years old, and bending is for chumps. So I have these great raised beds on legs and half whiskey barrels and, um, oh, those fiber pots. And I do all of my um, salad greens in those. It's so much easier to go out and play cut and come again and... You know, I'll never go back. The only stuff I plant in the ground is my garlic, which is doing fine, thank you, Um, my tomatoes. Um, Even most of my peppers are um, grown in pots because it's so much easier to bring them in for the winter so you can perennialize Mm. them. Um, And I've become a fool for potatoes. So, and that's, you know, not something you have to, quote, pick uh, on a regular basis. You put the potato in the ground, you cover it, it comes up, it flowers, and at the end of the season, you dig up these miracles of nature. So all the small stuff has been transferred uh, to a series of raised beds on legs around my home. Um, I don't worry about watering, really. But when it comes to seed starting, um, what's your setup like? Oh, I've got uh, the opportunity to have shelving so I can water from underneath. And then I've got LED lights on top. And I've got three tiers of it. So I've got quite a bit of space. That sounds great. So that that part works fine. And I love being able to have things getting started now. I've got my onions already started. But how do you not overwater the external beds, if indeed what you're trying to do is get your, your, you know, your bush beans to get going, or you want to get your cucumbers to get going, or in, like I said, in my case, mescaline mix, which I love to have big batches of it out there in the raised beds. Okay. But if I water them as they want to be watered to get them started, I'm overwatering the rest of the bed. 
You mean when you put them in as seeds? Right. Oh. Well, since your raised beds drain well, um, you know Thanks what? I, the you know, you, um, I prefer perlite myself, but I don't want to get into that. Um, <laughs> um, get a bunch of chopsticks. And mm -hmm. when you think maybe your plants need a little bit of help, um, push the chopsticks into the ground. If the tip comes out dry, then you water. Also, I have found that to start those kind of seeds, um, especially early in the spring, um, you have an outside hose, right? Is there any way you can moderate the temperature? Of the outside water? Yeah. No, no. And that's set, that's set up with my watering system as well. So, again, I put together this sort of, you know, tinker toy watering system, and I've got it on a timer so that I can um, have it water early in the morning. Excellent. And then if I, we get rain, I can turn that, that watering system off. Good. So that we don't need to get. And uh, uh, this tubing uh, covers all the things we're talking about? Yeah, I've got them on, on, uh, over all the beds. Okay. Um, in a situation like yours, where it's outdoors and you have good drainage, I would say that you can run your system for, let's say, four hours in the morning and then turn it off. And two, three days later, you can run it again. Have you ever... Well, do it twice a week. Uh, uh, seed starting has nothing to do with gardening. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The thing is, you're doing both at the same time. That's the point, you know. No, the tomatoes are already out there, but meanwhile, I'm busily putting my second and third and fourth batch of mescaline in. Tomatoes are already out there. No, but when I do it in the oh. middle of summer, <laughs> scary. So they're out there doing their thing, and then I'm over there putting in yet another batch of lettuce or sure, another sure. batch of, you know. Whatever and anything like, I want to over the water the tomatoes. Okay, anything. Okay, well, first you want to use my trick of a dozen crushed eggshells in the planting hole. That will help. Oh the, yes. That will help the tomatoes avo uh, avoid blossom end rot, which is caused by overwatering. I've not seen. Yes, we love that. Yeah, I've not seen any sign of overwatering on my tomatoes, even when it's been a rainy week. Uh, but if you want to go for the gold, get um, get one of those things of milled peat moss, one of those packages, and sp mm -hmm. sprinkle an inch on top of the soil surface. Okay. It's a natural antibiotic, natural antifungal. And, um, you know, when the seeds sprout, continue um, the watering every, now we'll say every third day. Um, until they get their first true leaves and then treat them like the other plants. Okay? Okay. All right, great. All right, good luck to you. Bye-bye. Well, thanks, Mike. Bye. Two little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs. Two little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs. Two little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs.
little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug. One little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug. One little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug, little bug. Well, it's time for me to take a little break and remind everybody out there not to rush the season. Yes, it is time to plant peas, lettuce, spring beets, radishes, and potatoes. Just don't be deceived into planting tropical crops like tomatoes, peppers, melons, and eggplants because some of the warm days we've had are so tempting but you will notice that they are followed by Arctic blasts. But don't go calling Kate Bilo for the latest weather update just yet, because we'll be right back with a treatise on the joys of summer and more of your fabulous phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to You Bet Your Garden from the Univest Studios at Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at ESPOMA.com. Welcome back to an unusually thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden, from the studios of the Univest Public Media Center in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath. Coming up later in the show, we will try to explain why the great hitter, Rogers Hornsby, would have also been a great gardener. Yeah, you think so? (laughs) But before that, a couple more of your fabulous phone calls. At 888-492-9444, Rose, <laughs> welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Thank you, and welcome, and, and how's Mike today? Oh, Mike is just ducky, <laughs> and ducky has a little friend visiting from Minnesota, oh. so, you know, <laughs> it's just a party here. By the way. Uh, before we get started with you, Rose, um, uh-huh. those of you who saw my 70th birthday circus uh, show um, may have thought, what's going to happen to all those Mylar balloons? And I did take them home. The cats love to play with the tails. And I asked Diane, uh, my Diane, uh, man, what are we going to do with these now? And she says, don't throw them away. I cut them apart and use them as wrapping paper. What a great idea. I know. I know. She's so much smarter than me. <laughs> That's a great idea. I've never remembered that. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you let those things go, and they kill sea turtles, and it's it's a mess. But, you know, she's the okay. master recycler. So, Rose, what's up? What? Oh, where are you? Well, I'm in the rural area. My neighbors are cattle farmers, and we're all up against the woods, and we get a lot of deer here. And you were talking about um, preventing deer from coming into the garden? Yeah, Rose, what's your location? I'm located in the Ozark Mountains near Branson. Um, And 
in southwest Missouri. Okay. Very good. What can we do you for? Well, you, I learned a lot from your program, and you had a program where you're talking about keeping the deer out of the garden. Mm-hmm. I had a long time ago put up the seven-foot fence around my veggie garden. I used hardware cloth around my roses. Mm-hmm. But my heart, it came in when I tried to put milkweed into my pollinator gardens. Mm-hmm. And the deer just kept coming by and chewing the tops off of the milkweed. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, uh, after trying different things, I found what seems to really work here. When I needed more fencing, I pulled fencing from... Uh, it is an area just north of my house where there had been a vegetable garden mm-hmm. surrounded by what's called woven wire. And I took that, put it around my pollinator gardens, and it seems to keep the deer off. Just got an idea of what makes the difference between the woven wire and the other fence was uh, there was a deer with her fawn had come by, and I noticed the fawn had gotten stuck in the fence. Uh-huh. And I had to take my, my leather gloves and my fencing tool over to release the baby. Mm-hmm. Found out all I had to do was push the fence down, and she kicked her way out. Mm-hmm. And then she turned to the right and got stuck in the fence again. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it had to repeat that. They are so not. Was, they are not God's brightest children. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, there is a professional invisible deer fencing system. Um, it was created by a guy named Banner, B-E-N-N-E-R, and he's up in the Poconos near us here, and it's eight feet tall, and it uh-huh. has special stakes, and it's invisible from almost every angle. You, you don't see it, but, yes. uh, but it's uh, highly effective, completely effective, I would say. Is that a modern fence? Because I have a seven-foot-high, almost invisible, um, very tough fence going around my vegetable garden. Right. And is that working? Excellent. Oh, good. So I also want to mention um, an old tactic that I haven't talked about for a while. You know what corrugated metal is like, right? Yes. Okay. Old-time farmers would surround their fields uh, with a ring of corrugated metal. Uh, you know, it's easy to find at scrapyards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the deer would not walk across it because, you know, it's not flat on the top. They start rolling and rocking and everything. So ah. for people who don't want anything um, up in the air, so to speak, if uh, you can position the corrugated metal, um, the deer will just stay away. It just makes them uncomfortable. And you might also want to look at a product called the wireless deer fence. That's a a stake you put in the ground. You put a a scented tractor in the top because you want the deer to come up. And then you put, I think it's two AA batteries in the belly of the beast. And when when the deer and the fawns are starting to be active in the spring, they'll come up. They're attracted by the scent. It's the same thing hunters use. And they'll lick it, and they'll get a mild shock, and they'll run away, and they don't come back. Hmm. What's the name of that again? Wireless Deer Fence. Gotcha. Okay? Thank you. My pleasure. That's some ideas for you, huh? (laughs) That would really work. I have only one problem with what that corrugated uh, tin, as you mentioned. Around here, we call that tin roofing. Yeah. And... um, my only drawback was that I had some on the ground 
and I had to call the conservation department, and I had to get it off the ground because the snakes like to set up housekeeping under there. Well, you can't have everything. You're not supposed to be walking on it. <laughs> Those snakes are eating mice and voles and rats and rabbits. I mean, they're yeah. a very valuable garden protector. And I have, I have such a balance here. I'm not going to take up your radio time. Um, I have king snakes here, mm-hmm. and they, they eat venomous snakes and, and the rodents. And I also have possums uh, that go after that. Uh-huh. And I have raccoons that kill um, yellow jackets. So Whoa. I'm well set. So they tear apart the nest? Yes, they tear apart the nest. They eat the yellow jackets because that's where they get their protein. Well, um, I, I, I think you deserve... Uh a plaque on the wall of sustainable <laughs> symbiotic everything. Well, don't don't credit me. Give this to the Missouri Conservation Department, which is incredible. That's where I get my information. Well, I'll tell you, my dear friend, the late departed Dr. Jim Duke, who was the beneficial expert, uh, beneficial insect expert at the USDA for uh, over 40 years, said an old trick because he's from the same part of the world as you are growing up. And he said, uh, pour some honey over top of the entrance hole. And um, raccoons will go for that like crazy. Wonderful. All right, that's 18 tips. We're moving on. All right, you you take care. Bye-bye. 888-492-9444. Linda, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi, Mike. Hello, Linda. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm waiting for the Arctic blast to hit us today. Oh, where are you? I am about 50 miles northeast of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it seems this Arctic blast is like going almost nationwide. I mean, you know, Florida's getting snow. Texas is getting snow. Um This is nuts because the days, I don't know if you've had the same experience, but we have these glorious 70, 74 degree bright sunny days. And then if you're lucky enough to catch a weather guesser on TV, it's like, so it's going to drop to 20 tonight and you'll have an ice storm. It is a roller coaster these days. It is crazy and it's crazy all over. What can we do you for? Well, I have a question for you. I, I, um, my property has uh, most of it is forested. So I have one area where I have put raised beds in. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's about 20 feet away from a 70 foot tall magnolia tree. Mm-hmm. And every time I turn the soil in my raised bed, <laughs> I run across all these roots from the magnolia tree. Okay. And I haven't had any luck with my vegetables growing in my raised beds. Of course not. I'm wondering if it's because of these roots. Yes, it is, but not in the sense that they're allopathic or something like that. Um, Magnolias are kind of unique in that their roots don't go down. They go out. So these are some of the most stable trees that you can grow. Um, but it also means that you really can't plant anything around them um, because these uh, fibrous, these rope-like roots are, are reaching out as far sideways as a, 
a healthy plant root would reach out down. Now, how long have you had these garden beds there? Um, I've lived here about 18 years now. Mm-hmm. And when I first moved in, I, I built them and I've amended them. I had the soil tested last year at the um, University of Tennessee, their extension here in the county. Okay. And the soil tested fine. I just yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with your soil. There's nothing wrong with your soil. There's nothing wrong with the roots, except the fact that the roots are where your plants want to be. So uh, an unusual mistake, and don't feel bad because I wasn't sure that I would have known this, is you can't plant garden beds near a magnolia. They're going to be filled up with roots. Now, you say you turn the soil every year? I Yes, I do. Why? Mainly to get rid of all the roots that are in it. Mm. Yeah, but that's that's not going to last. Uh, what no. size are your beds? Um, these ones are, I have three of them out here. They're eight by eight. Eight by eight? Yeah, eight feet long, eight feet wide. And they're probably about, um, I'd say that the soil is probably six to ten inches thick in it. Okay, eight foot wide is not a raised bed um, because by definition you have to step into it. Um, The maximum width for a good raised bed is four feet so that you can reach each side without stepping in. Your compressing the soil is not making things any better. Now, do you have... I I divide it with a board in the middle of each one so that I can walk across it. Okay. Okay, bridge over the River Kwai. Um, right. <laughs> so is there another spot on your property um, that gets good sun that would not be near the magnolia? Well, unfortunately, I have four of these giant trees on this property, and I have one in the front yard that I do have. Um, I have a garden bed out there for roses and flowers, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And that's about the only place that I get full sun is these two areas. Um, okay. So I'm, whether, I'm wondering if I should give up the raised bed the, and, and forget about gardening there. What are you growing? What do you want to grow? Um, I, have luck with, I have luck with getting beans to grow fine, but tomatoes and peppers will not produce any fruit. No, they can't get I their roots in the there. soil. So the okay. beans do okay already. Yes, yes, they do. Here's what I'm suggesting. Well, you got two basic options. You can spend the springtime really attacking this with a chainsaw. Um, go around the inner parts of your garden beds and chainsaw until all the roots are out. And then what you would do is you would invest in garden edging that you would um, put on the outside, drive into the outside of the raised bed frames to keep the roots from coming back in. That might, that's an unusual uh, answer, but I think it might be the best um, for you. And then fill you know, fill the beds up with high-quality topsoil, compost, perlite, and, um, 
you know, make sure those sneaky roots stay out of there and you should be okay. Otherwise, you're going to have to seal off what you have and build new raised beds on top of that, that the roots can, um, can't get to. Gotcha. Okay. When I, uh, when I had my, when I had my soil tested, I asked the, um, extension person about the rooting on, on this, on magnolias. Mm -hmm. And he said that they came from the same family as walnut trees. No, 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 no. Okay. Oh God. Can I ever retire? No. Um, (laughs) he, uh, there's no comparison. Um, black walnut trees are allopathic. They, they exude, um, a substance called juglone from their roots that makes it impossible uh, to grow tomatoes nearby. What you have is a totally different story. You have a plant that likes to spread out a mat as if it were going to welcome 40 people to the beach. So get rid of the existing roots. You'll have plenty of enough root on the other side to sustain the magnolias. Um, but get rid of it all and then go crazy on the edging. Go as deep as you can and then fill in the beds and one one spring of heavy-duty work and you should be back in business again. Okay. All right. Sounds good, Mike. Of course it sounds good. I said it. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Sounds like a lot of, a lot of work, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could move. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I've thought about that. I've thought about moving back to Pennsylvania many times. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you make up your mind, okay. and um, maybe right. this is something you can hire a landscaper to do um, to not only uh, cut out the roots in the bed, but um, put in the edging. You know, some I, I've okay. learned a long time ago um, I would rather earn extra money somewhere than do this kind of stuff myself. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your answer. All right. Good luck. And, uh, all right. Thank you, sir. My all pleasure. Right, you have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. it's time for me to take a little break and remind everybody out there not to rush the season. Yes, it is time to plant peas, lettuce, spring beets, radishes, and potatoes. Just don't be deceived into planting tropical crops like tomatoes, peppers, melons, and eggplants because some of the warm days we've had are so tempting but you will notice that they are followed by Arctic blasts. But don't go calling Kate Philo for the latest weather update just yet, because we'll be right back with a treatise on the joys of summer and more of your fabulous phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to You Bet Your Garden from the Univest Studios at Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA.
This is 91.3 FM, WLVR Bethlehem, WLVR.org. Welcome back to an unusual episode of You Bet Your Garden, broadcasting from the Univest Public Media Center in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath, and we're in the stretch now, cats and kittens. In just a little bit, we will get to our thoughtful comparison of gardening and baseball and make a case that they are essentially the same thing. All right, that's going to be fun, right? In the meantime, more of your fabulous phone calls at 888-492-9444. Roxanne, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi. Hi. Hi, Mike. Thank you. Oh, thank you. How you doing? I am peachy. How are you doing? Well, guess who you get to introduce. Now, Ducky? Ducky? No, Ducky is still here, but okay. Ducky's cousin is visiting from Minnesota. And oh, how fun! Hey, yeah. So, um, yes. So I'm double Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. Where are you? I'm in Stewartsville, New Jersey. Right. And um, my question is about tomatoes. I actually bought a house down in Florida. I'm a New Jersey girl, been here all my life, 53 years, and I'm looking to uh, continue to have nice tomatoes down in Florida. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if there's anything that will compare to the nice New Jersey tomatoes that we have up here. Um, You had mentioned some kind of purple tomato a few weeks ago, and I was wondering if there's something that I could try and grow down there. Oh, well... Purple tomatoes are not Jersey tomatoes, three pounds for a half a dollar, Jersey tomatoes. Um, Let's see. Uh, What part of Florida are you in? So I'm going to be in Citrus County, which is on the west coast, north of Tampa. Right. How low are you? How far south are you? Uh, It's uh, the more north in the state, northwest. Right. Um kind of straight in from Orlando. So the lot that we have is a nice wooded lot. It's not out in the sun. It's got um, pine trees and oak trees. Uh, it's got moss growing in the yard on the side. Yeah. And how so is that good? Hopes of, how is that good for tomatoes? Yeah. Well, I have hopes of, uh, you know, having different plants around the area. And uh, I was just wondering if you have a recommendation of a, of a, tomato to try to get as close as I can to that nice Jersey taste. Well, you're far above the frost line. Um, You're going to get weather. You're going to get winter to some degree. Not as much as I get, but you're in a relatively (laughs) normal climb. Did anybody tell you what your USDA growing zone is? I do not know. Okay. So I'm going to recommend two things. Now, The Jersey tomato. 
nobody can really agree on exactly what variety it was, um, but it seems likely um, that the seed was distributed by Heinz and Campbell's uh, to growers in New Jersey uh, because it was close to the factory. You know, you don't want to tra- okay. you don't want to travel with those tomatoes, and that tomato is called Rutgers, and that okay. that is a great all around tomato. But many people have claimed that different varieties are um, Jersey tomatoes. So I want you to do two things. Uh, okay. Go uh, contact your local state extension service and ask them the recommended varieties for your region. They'll, okay. have, they'll have a bulletin. They'll have a list. Got it. Secondly, check out Totally Tomatoes. Um, it is the most inclusive tomato catalog that's out there. Now, I don't think you need extreme hot weather tomatoes like in Phoenix, um, but you want tomatoes that like it warm. And um, I think if you combine those two lists, take a look at what they say grow best there and um, look at the catalog descriptions and Totally Tomatoes, I think you'll come up with exactly what you want. Okay, awesome. That sounds like great advice. I will do that. Thank you. Of course it's great advice. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Jeez. Get him, ducky. All right, thanks for calling. All right, thanks. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. And now it's time for a very unusual question of the week. There is no question. This is a scientific treatise on the combination of baseball and gardening, which we're calling Baseball is Gardening is Baseball. Now for something completely different, right? It occurred to me several years ago that two of my three passions, four if you count neon, were so intertwined that they followed the same season. Pinball, of course, has no season and was designed to help people like me relatively sane during the cold, dark season of no baseball and no tomato growing. Yeah, yeah, you can grow stuff inside, but it's not the same. Yeah, you can go to indoor heated batting cages, but that, like pinball, is just an outlet to prevent your descent into madness in the off-season. As Walt Whitman noted, voiced by Garrison Keillor in the classic Ken Burns PBS series, in our sundown perambulations of late, we have observed several parties of youngsters playing base, a game of ball. Let us go out for a while and get better air into our lungs. Let us leave our closed rooms. The game of ball is wonderful. Now, all you have to do is substitute gardening for ball, and you get, let us leave our close rooms and get better air into our lungs. The game of gardening is wonderful. But both have an off-season. Hall of Fame hitter Rogers Hornsby, whose modern-era batting average is an astonishing 424, Famously told a reporter, you want to know what I do in the winter? I stare out the window and dream of spring. Sound familiar, gardeners? 
after that last desperately ripened tomato has been achieved, after the stands have been swept clean, the season is over. Then comes that most treacherous holiday of them all, Thanksgiving. I think I'll eat at Boston Market this year. Then comes the much less treacherous Christmas and a bit of peace in our lives. Hmm. On second thought, I should volunteer at a homeless shelter this Thanksgiving. At least nobody's going to be arguing about when the turkey's done. <clears throat> then the death march of January arrives. But in the Stygian darkness, we are already beginning our rituals. Baseball managers figure out who will make their team this year. Gardeners study seed catalogs much more diligently than any school book they claim to have read. Now the preseason begins as the seeds and contracts begin to pour in and we are rewarded for our perilous months in limbo with the arrival of March. Spring training begins as we limber up from the off-season of darkness. Professional teams retreat to the cowardly climbs of Phoenix and Florida. We plant peas, anticipating picking those peas during the month of June. Major leaguers are hoping they will perform well enough to stay with the team through June. Now, our mutual seasons are beginning. As the athletes and sandlot players loosen up and get ready for real games, we're doing bright lights, heating mats, and the same hope that we will make it to the bigs by opening day, when it's too cold to actually pretend you're having fun. Walt Whitman said to get fresh air into your lungs, not to breathe out frost. But we all share the same prayer. This will be our year. While the big leaguers pretend they're not freezing to death, blowing on their hands on May 15th, we are at a critical step in our process. Plant now in the hope of getting an early lead or wait until the team is totally ready with no cold nights forecast in the future. What would Moneyball say? I bet you they would say to sit on your hands. At least they'll be warm that way. It's a long season, and you want to see what the youngsters can do. So put them out in the field. But hold off on your big money players. Many seasons were doomed by injuries before the end of May. The teams who slipped their stars in here and there until June were the ones that could well be playing after Halloween. For gardeners, that means testing the waters with a few disposable plants. Come on, what were you going to do with 14 Cherokee purple plants in a nine-tomato garden? If you're lucky, those rookies will thrive. If not, your superstars will be warming up to get into the game for real in June. Sweet corn, pole beans, and indeterminate tomatoes are your tall, hard-throwing outfielders. Your infield has the quick-witted ones just begging for a bunt. Bush beans to squash to melons to hot peppers. 
it would make a great groundhog to make it through that line. And now we hit the middle of the season. Spring training is over. The first month is behind us. Nobody anywhere wants to be inside. We get enough of that in January. Now the playing is fast. It's a low humidity 80 degree day on a mid-season Sunday. Everything is possible. Say your infielder tears his ACL. A helpful gardener weeds out the zucchini. No problem. This is why benches exist. Anxious players praying to get into the game. And if you're like me, you also have a bench full of replacement plants in the event of a hailstorm. Injuries are going to happen. It's part of the game. Be prepared. Most seasons progress to a sad, inevitable outcome. Many of us are done physically and horticulturally by September. But it's all gravy if you're not. Suddenly, you're playing hard in late September, and then you're in the playoffs. And if you're still standing on October, you could win it all. And if not, I think you all know what's coming next. All together now, there's always next year. that was an unusually philosophical look at our great games, now wasn't it? Luckily for you, you can read this masterpiece over at your leisure or your leisure, because the question of the week appears in print at the Gardens Alive website. Just click the link for the question of the week at our website, which is still and will forever be youbetyourgarden.org. Gardens Alive supports the You Bet Your Garden Question of the Week, and you'll always find the latest Question of the Week at the Gardens Alive website. Yikes, my producer is threatening to call me for a balk if I don't get out of the studio. We must be out of time, or the ump must be hard of sight. But you can call us anytime at 888-492-9444. Or, yes, send us your email. You're tired, you're poor, your wretched refuse of words teeming towards our garden shore at ybyg at wlvt.org. Now, I got to say this. At least half of the emails we get don't have a location. So then we got to get back to you. What's your location? Um, And then we get an email that says Los Angeles without the old question. So do us all a favor, include your location. 
you'll find all of our contact information, plus answers to your garden questions, audio of this show, video of this show, audio and video of recent shows, informative details about my upcoming live events, and links to our internationally renowned podcast. It's all at YouBetYourGarden.org. You Bet Your Garden is a half-hour public television show, an hour-long public radio show, and podcast, all produced and delivered to you weekly by the Univest Studios at Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. Our radio show is distributed by PRX, the public radio exchange. You Bet Your Garden was created by Mike McGrath. Mike McGrath was created when he watched the film Plan 9 from Outer Space too many times in a row without a break. Ken Queter plays our theme song. Our chief content officer is Yoni Greenbaum. Our angel of the airways is Christine Dempsey. Our engineer is cheerful Charlie Sarah. Our social media director is Amanda Northleaf. Check out her fine work and ponder lots of pretty pictures at the You Bet Your Garden Facebook page. Our peerless princess of profound production is Teresa Radke. Our audio editor is the lovely Jonas Bowen. Our video editor is judicious Jake Boyer. Our harassed and harried director is Javier Diaz. Our usual gang of idiots generally includes Zach Nataklisneski, the long-lost Eric Werner, Jacob Morris, and Rex, the Wonder Dog. Were you intrigued by our conversation about the Royal Horticultural Society deciding that slugs and snails were not pests? So when you go to that fabulous website, what's the name again? YouBetYourGarden.org will have a link to the report up there. We'll also put it up on our Facebook page. Our beloved and beleaguered CEO, Tim Fallon, refuses to answer when asked if he doubled for Tor Johnson in Plan 9 from Outer Space. Mike McGrath, however, acknowledges that he tried to fit into Vampira's dress. I'm that host, Mike McGrath, and if the folks on the second floor keep not catching on, I'll see you again next week.